Hello and welcome to episode 10, the last episode in series one of Rethinking Work. We had one of the most enjoyable and slightly intense experiences this week because we said we want we wanted to meet Dream Factory. They're a content creation house in Shoreditch and we met Graham Hussey, who's the founder of it. And we went over to their YouTube studio and then we got interviewed in front of a full lighting rig, camera equipment, production crew. It was like being Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby, basically. It it was. It really was. And I was a bit deer in the headlights at the beginning. I kind of assumed that I'd have headphones and a microphone and then we were just plonked on the sofa and it was brilliant. And he's so high energy. And that reminds me, if you're in any way offended by bad language, we did try and restrict ourselves, but we got a bit carried away. This is not for the kids. There's a a few tasty words in this episode. So brace yourselves. But Dream Factory... But they're coming from a place of passion rather than... uh... (laughs) And uh, Dream Factory have gone from strength to strength, so they're actually massively upscaling to a way cooler building, which we can't say now, but we are going to do lots of work with them in the future. And it's very inspiring to be there. And they've got 160 tech startups, and these are all for people who don't necessarily have the skills, the expertise, or the equipment or time to do some really high quality content. And if you are listening on Spotify, the video of us on the chair, in the lights, is all, is all there for you to enjoy. Um, and go to the Dream Factory website. They've got some amazing uh, content on there, as you would expect. And also they're, they're, the actual place is on Rivington Street in Shoreditch, and it's got a cafe, and it feels like a really exciting hub. So you should drop in there as well. We are Able Partners, and you can find us on Instagram at Able underscore Partners or our website. Enjoy. Welcome to Rethinking Work. Our podcast series, which today, unnervingly, we're actually all on video in Dream Factory's wonderful Shoreditch. Where are we? Shoreditch. Shoreditch. Yeah, Rivington Street. I'm confused because your new building, which we can't talk about, which is amazing. Um, He just said it the first straight time. Hang on. We cannot mention the new building. So, your new building. Am I not allowed to mention it? No, you are. You are. are, I haven't said where, though. That is true. So, Ben is overwhelmed because we are normally in our own little studio. We have guests of this caliber, but normally Ben's in charge of all the tech. And now we're in your abode yeah, with we all look the professional the care. But I think I should say, so the reason we do the podcast series is about rethinking work. And what happened was during the pandemic, everyone's working environment changed. What's so interesting is that you represent kind of a, obviously a very growing industry, which is people who maybe don't want a whole office, but need like niche requirements. Yep. And suddenly you're getting more and more people like you're growing massively. So how long has Dream Factory been going for? And I got the keys. And you know, I'm so busy, I missed a day. So I got the keys May 10th last year. Um, and naively thought I got the keys to this building. To this place? Yeah. Oh, so I a year. It was much older. No, so you've only no. been going a year? Well, not really, because I got I got the keys um, May, May last year. And I thought I'm going to get made.com furniture and I'll open in four or five days. It took three months of... You know, we need an extra bathroom for capacity. We have to get plumbers, carpenters, electricians. We have to change the ceiling. It took months of me sitting around panicking, but uh, we got we got there. So what were you, what were you doing before? So I own Startup Van, um, which is an entrepreneur, was an entrepreneur entertainment company. Um, so basically we got a, entrepreneur entertainment's broken, right? You guys are doing this doing this podcast series and it's fun and entertaining. You, you rewind seven, eight years, nine years. Entrepreneur content wasn't exciting. It was... It was bad quality, dimly lit, bad sound, boring people doing it, not being themselves for some fucking reason. People just refuse to be themselves. And I was watching this content, consuming it, going, this fucking has to change. This has to be, it can be done more interesting. Web Summit at the time was in Dublin. Now, 
Lisbon stole it. Um, better weather anyway, but it but it's in in Lisbon. But we did it in Dublin. We got a vintage Volkswagen camper van and shoehorned a studio inside this camper van, and ended up traveling the world for seven years interviewing founders. So I've interviewed three thousand founders face to face. The struggles, the businesses, raising money, exiting, failures, everything. So, so was that a YouTube channel then? It was YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn was big. We 65 million video views on that content. Um, it was the most viewed business content in Europe um, for online business content in Europe for a long time. Which kind of, then people connect it with this, right? It's obviously I sit between startups and content. And, and are you, are you still maintaining that channel through this or is it a totally different No, it's a totally different thing. You know, I think when, when you were talking about lockdown and things changing, when lockdown hit, I was like, when I, whatever I do next, because I constantly have people saying, can we use your studios? Like, Graham, we need to do a crowdfunding video. Can we use your studios? And I was like, no, this is our brand. This is our thing. If we start watering it down, I had this like brand protectiveness running through me. I just on lockdown. I was like, I want to help people, right? I would do one video with a founder and they get some engagement on it. And it's great. But that's where it stops. Where I was like, fuck this. We need to, can I curse? Yeah, sure. Fuck it's this. Too I, late yeah, to yeah, ask. yeah, yeah. Let's get that beat button out. Um, but I was like, I need, whatever I do next, I need to help people. So I just started calling founders. I was so bored. I fucking love having you lads in today because it's a good vibe and we're like having a crack and it's good. During lockdown, sitting in a flat in shortage, horrible. So that is interesting. That is a big change of like, because I'm, I'm thinking that the van, the, the, the startup van came at the same time as people were allowed to bring their full selves to work or whatever you're going to talk about. And suddenly that you were, the, you were in the right place at the right time, being very exciting and giving people what they didn't know they had permission to, to do. And again, you're, you're here now saying, I want to work with you. It used to be, I'm Apple, this is my product, everyone, IP protection. Now it's, let's share, let's learn, let's co-create, let's have open source. And again, you're sort of leading that, right? Yeah, I think, I think we're making a huge impact. And, and if you look at what we've ring-fenced, a founder creates a piece of content and then they post it and they kind of spray and pray approach of yeah. posting content. I go, hope this fucking works. Dream Factory, you share it among the community. I've shot this video at Dream Factory. Watch your thoughts, watch your feedback. And maybe, you know, that's absolutely killer. And maybe I didn't understand the proposition. But we could be quite honest maybe and say that, you know, we've, we've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've been really fucking honest. <laughs> um, but I think that thing, we've been going nearly a year and when we started our uh, practice, Able Partners, God, we were, we were so cautious about the language you used, the yeah. tone of voice. I'd come out of business school and was a bit bit of a pain about it, frankly, to Ben saying, you know, this is how we need to frame ourselves. And the more we've done it, the more you realise, look, you are competing for space. You're competing for people's attention. Authenticity breaks through. And we've just, we've just got much more excited and much more kind of re relaxed about it. Do you find that's, what, that's a sort of arc that a lot of people go through from being kind of quite uptight to... Deliberated. Yeah, yeah, of course. So people gravitate. And, and LinkedIn's obviously, we, there's obviously a lot of B2B businesses con, and consumer businesses and all types of businesses at Dream Factory. But they see when they post that video and they're, and they're themselves. I think that's what Benny behind the camera is great at. It's like bringing, allowing people to be themselves on camera, putting them at ease. And that's when they see the engagement. Yeah. It's not when you're stiff and you're, right, you need to read off this teleprompter and do it. It's when you relax and be yourself. That's when the engagement that's, comes. That's so interesting because I, I guess. Over the last years, everyone's watched social media so much. And I would say the aesthetic has changed. I think maybe a year before, businesses had to produce killer videos. And then over lockdown, everyone got very used to just people talking into a phone. And now, as long as it's honest and authentic, and I'm talking to you and I can see you in the face, everyone's like, oh, I can do that. 
But now it's it's gone the other way, and now people need you need nice backgrounds, neutral backgrounds, interesting backgrounds. Suddenly, I can totally see why people like. Why does that footage look so good? Well, that's a 4K camera, a really nice room studio. It's well lit, but you do it very subtly. And now I'm in here. I'm like, there's a lot of equipment in here to make it look. Yeah, yeah. we should say how excited. Yeah. Ben is to be around all of this. Good, great pleasure to meet you. But mainly seeing the monitors, meeting Benny. How are you feeling, Ben? I'm very excited. Well, I think the reason was like the power of the video is when we first started the podcast series. Let's just do it. Get it out. Just, just fucking do it. Just get the first one out there. We did a little trailer video for Instagram, and it was way more popular than the podcast. Everyone watched the video. Thousands of people watched the video, and then we were like, oh. Video content's so important. So we slowly started to kind of build the video production. And now coming here, we're like, there's definitely some advantages we could do to this. I suppose if you're listening to this as a podcast, if you go on Spotify, go on Anchor, you can just click a button and this will pop up. That's that's our plan. So you're our 10th episode. You cap series one. Good. Everything can work. I like it. It's really good. And if there are, you know, we're a bit of a cliche, I think, from lockdown. We work for a big brand. We decided to go, go ourselves. And I think the great resignation or call it what you may. It's been a very positive and happy thing for us. What advice would you give people? Given you've, you've, in the last 10 years, you've spoken to all these people who have left and grown businesses. You're a guru now, not just content, but you know people's personal lives or the impact it's had on, on every element of their lives. So they're things that sort of emerge as bit, obvious bits of advice you'd give to people. Mm. I think what you said about video and about doing a podcast is just is just starting. And I'm I'm really aware that previously year one, year two startup and people ask me the same question, give advice. And I had this out of the box answer of, you know, quit your job and go do it because you can't live a life of what if and blah 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 fucking yeah. bullshit. <laughs> but it's that is that is true. But when you look at what people do for a living and what who they have to support and their families, right, and their mortgages, and that's a fucking real thing. You have to consider that as well, but just but starting doesn't mean quitting your job. It doesn't, right? And and you know, heading into maybe a recession now and all these uncertainties and all that sort of stuff. And it's about doing starting it on the side if you want to start on the side, but do it and start it and dip your toe in the water because it may actually, contrary to popular belief, be easier than you think. It might be easier than think. And they have this thing that like your your side hustle becomes your key differentiator in a way because it can be support you in whatever your main career is actually having those that, this other language or this other passion. Yeah, for and sure. You've got, how many companies did you say, startups here? Say, 160. I couldn't believe how many, 160. And what is, the, what is the model then? This is what I was desperate yeah. for you not to yeah, say yeah. before, because yep. it sounded so amazing. You pay, you pay a sub and then you get all this fantastic equipment. Yeah. So, so when I was kicking around in my boxers during lockdown, bored out of my head in my flat, I was just calling, calling founders. They didn't know it was in my boxers, but I was calling founders and I was like, what is the issue? How come you haven't done that YouTube series? You're not doing TikTok content. You're not doing Insta content, right? LinkedIn, if you do a video on LinkedIn, it's going to blow up. I know it will. And they all said the same thing or the same three things. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the expertise. There was actually nothing else. I was waiting for someone else to say something else. I think someone said they're really ugly. But it was just, but, but it was You're like, well, that one's true. Yeah, <laughs> and I just hung up. But, <laughs> but, it's, some clothes on, yeah. but, but it's just those, it's those three things, money, time, expertise. And I said, if I can solve one of those, I probably have a bit of a business. If I can solve two, we'll do well. If I can solve money, time, and expertise for startup content, we'll own it. And that's what we did. So unlimited content creation for 3K a year. Pod, podcast, photography, video, and green it's worth YouTube, saying, it everything. feels like obviously there's the digital community around that, but actually the physical. When we're here on, on Rivington Street and you've got the corner 
store, all the windows are open, there's loads of expensive soft drinks available. You can yeah. kind of, but you, you get that sense of you would you want to come in and yeah. it's this huge, like, you know, heart of the community and that sense that you want to be a part of it with this physical, physical space as well as the virtual. I think that's why the community works. And people always say that the, the Dream Factory community is really strong and tight. And even an hour ago, someone put up, they've created a new way of, actually, I need to introduce you guys, extracting snippets from podcasts that are really interesting using AI. That's what he says, right? It's amazing. It's really good. It actually works. But it's about having a space to come meet people or even even knowing you have a space to come meet people. So I think that's why it works. I'll see you at Dream Factory for a coffee. I'm filming there next Tuesday. I'll see you after. I think that's why it works really, really well. And we curate it. We only accept one in six, roughly. What, are the people that apply? Yeah. Uh, and do they have to pass some sort of vibe test, Graham? Or is it about... Uh, is it about You've got a tie, you're out. Yeah. It about, well, it might be industries. We sometimes talk about how... You know, we've worked in architecture and, I, you know, it's a career we, we love and I think the built environment is really important. But actually, you know, it does have a bit of an image problem. I think because you're serving lots of different masters, you're frightened about putting out something that's perceived as silly necessarily. But actually, that's people find that interesting and people want to come and work for you. And, you know, it's, and I think that that is changing in our profession, but not as quickly as we'd like. And so... Uh, it takes yeah. time. Yeah. It takes time for sure. Um, but if you look at the value we deliver, it is it. Like money, time, expertise, it's 3K for a year's worth of unlimited content. Well, I think if you if you think how much camera equipment costs, how much lighting equipment costs, being able to move, having this set thing here and having these like guys do all the kind of background help, it's, it's a massive cost that you're saving the people that want to do it. Well, what's, what's the type of industries? Do you have like a sector? Is it... This is this another thing, right? You deal with... I, didn't, I basically raised some um, friends and family money, right? Uh, no VCs, none of that sort of stuff. But I did talk to some VCs, right? And they're like, you need to focus on fintech, giving where you are in Jordich, giving this and that. I was like, no, I fuck it up. I'll be bored out of my head. No offense to fintech, fuck if you watch it. But, you know, I do like fintech, it's good. Well, not all day, yeah. right? So we have like food, we have beverage, we have uh, a children's book company, we have deep tech, we have AI, we have a new type of browser, we have sustainable fashion, sustainable products, you name it, we, we have it. We have some fintechs that are great as well. Well, I was going to say, if you take some VC money, you probably get all of their investments coming through here and being like, Graham, can you help us polish this one up? We yeah. don't know. I was wondering if you had an example of a business that you've really been able to uh, kind of accelerate or change. I mean, Benny was mentioning before that actually people come in here with really no idea you know, with very fledgling ideas. And in a way, they get a lot of value because it goes from nothing to something really credible. Some people come in here with lots of ideas that are outdated or, or wrong. And I wonder if you've got an example of someone who's like found their voice a bit because I've dropped you on the spot there. Yeah, no, no, it's like, the, the, the Do you one, know what I mean? Yeah, we have loads. But basically, every single member that's created content here has elevated themselves. And it's not about, oh, we save you some money. It's also about the output. Right? You look at Lalo Wines. So it's the ex-CMO and ex-COO of Naked Wines. They joined Dream Factory two months ago, something like that. Um, I don't think they'd raised a pre-seed round at the time, um, but joined Dream Factory. But previously, you go to do a physical product photo shoot, 1,800 quid, two grand for one shoot. You're a startup, the brand changes, the design changes, the packaging changes, and you have to go pay another 1,800 quid or two grand, another two grand, and that all adds up, right? Um, you join here, you pay one flat fee. And we see what they gave us, you can read it on the website, they gave us a great um, case study that they, we've saved them 80% cost of, of what they were spending and triple the output. 
And what is the business model for that then? Is it that once you're a member of the Dream Factory family, you, you never leave really? And you, you, you hinted at expansion plans uh, earlier. And is it that actually we're going to be able to cater for bigger and more sophisticated brands and grow with you? Or there's a sort of sweet spot from conception to being a 20-person company. I mean, yeah, I like that. Uh, it's, it's down to what, what you like. I like the pre-seed C, lower level series A, scrappy things change, you can have them go. At the end of the day, that's where we create the most impact, right? If we have a large corporate come in, it's like, oh, the CEO's gonna kind of come in, he's wearing a blue tie, not a pink one this week. Oh, fucking brilliant. It's just like, <laughs> um, but it's the pre-seed seed stage that, that we really see that impact and they see the value. I guess also the brand, there's, there's, there's like a fun and authenticity to it. The last thing you want is someone reading off the teleprompter. And like, the, it's, it's impossible to sound authentic and interesting whilst reading off it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so difficult. But you know what? Some people can do it. And, and this is another relevant point of Dream Factory. You come and you do your first shoot. Benny sees us all the time. You come when you do your first shoot and it's good and you're happy. And then the next time you come in, you know what to expect. You've already worked with Benny. You've seen the content. You improve and you improve and you improve. And then when it comes to August 28th, our renewal start. And those founders who didn't have a fucking clue August 28 last year are now a year creating regular content. Fucking pros. Really, really good. And actually, you know, we're sitting here. We normally have our like headphones on and our little mic and it's, we, we, we're running the setup. And yeah. now we're almost kind of guests of you. It's actually, a, it feels a lot like we're on breakfast television. It, does, it really does. <laughs> And it's also a little bit like, it's quite a practice for public speaking. Like we, we get viewed by investors or we're pitching to clients. And actually talking about your brand on an environment like this is quite good for any like business leader. Do, it's, do you, it's a really good tool, isn't it? You're yeah. like, <laughs> but, but I think for you guys, right? For, for any brand we deal with, even you guys, if you look at, we, we basically take, we do a lot more than just create video, right? We take, what, we take your end goal and then we, we reverse engineer it to the content, right? So if you like, right, we want to- Why don't we work with it right now then? So we're, we're, a, we're a commercial architecture practice. Yeah. We have delivered these amazing office buildings. We see uh, uh, the challenge being, what are we going to do with all these old buildings now that people aren't using office in the way they traditionally have? We've set up as re really like re a retrofit office. We're very good at refurbishing buildings, uh, ESG and environmental issues are at the top of, the, of every investor's agenda. And we're kind of experts in refurbishment so that's our sort of yeah that's our mission and that's our vision but we are both looking up as into the chief execs of development companies uh but we're also looking to talent who want to come and join us and our, our growing business and i have always sort of thought this was more about our peer group and the talent pool below us being aware of us but maybe that's a bit one-dimensional as a way of seeing it yeah i think so i think so i think if you went away between the two of you and went who are the top 12 people that you look up to in that industry, right? Who do you look up to and go, people listen to those people. That's what people listen to those people. And then the difference is if you say, join my Zoom call or join my podcast over Zoom, you might not get a response or they might say, no, if you say, come to our you know, studios in Shoreditch, you want to have you on our show, here's your previous one. That person will show up. That person will be here. And then what do you have? You have them in your WhatsApp. You feature them on your show. You put 50, 60 quid against budget so it gets eight, 9,000 views and they're impressed. Right? And then a year in, you have 12 people who you can just WhatsApp and go, great to have you on the show a couple of months ago. I just want to pick your brain about this. And then hiring talent, you're aligning yourselves with leaders of the industry. You're elevating yourself to be on their level. And then you have people that you want to recruit going, 
these guys are serious because look who they have on their show. And that's that public validation of them saying, you know, for you know, we're aligning with these guys publicly. You know, it's a it's a complete show of support. Also, you're you're giving people a, a gift and a platform. In you know, and they in really return, they, they're, sent, they're they're doing the connection. They really appreciate it. Yeah. What's the biggest viral hit that's come out of Dream Factory in the last year? A lady who was in today um, owns a company um, just like me books um, and she had Will Poulter, the actor in here, um, who's a kind of a brand ambassador for her. And it's a, basically a virtual reality um, book. So when you open it up and you point your phone at it, it all comes alive. It's incredible. It's, it is absolutely amazing business, amazing founders. The mission they have is incredible. And Will Poulter just gravitated towards her and the business. Um, and he came in, sat where you sat, and I'll send you the link, but but um, maybe you can put a cutaway in this video. Buster Finds His Beat, an autism-friendly story that encourages empathy, understanding, and kindness to all the amazing and different people of this world. Of, um, of, of him reading this book, and obviously he's like, 17 trillion followers on Instagram or whatever it is it's like Amazing. insane so do you um, help produce it as well then you, you, you can do everything if they just want to come and film they do that but if they like I don't even know what I do with the audio and the video can you help we us can do that it? we do we do absolutely everything we can look after but the thing is I never wanted to to force anything I wanted a, a startup to be able to pay us 3k for a year's worth of content if they don't want to pay us a penny more that's sound that's cool if you can learn to edit yourself watch some YouTube videos and learn to edit yourself you can do that raw footage, raw audio that looks amazing and sounds amazing and you can do it. Um, but if you go, I'm a bit stuck or I've just raised money of a bit more cash, can you guys do it for us? That's cool too. Or it's not worth my, my time is better spent something else and I wouldn't get any, anywhere close to what Benny and you guys could do. I can feel your mind whirring, yeah. Ben, over the excitement <laughs> of, of, uh, of what the future holds. So, so of the... To, to trigger this kind of new move, which we're not allowed to talk about, but uh, like how many more companies have you got? 160 sounds loads. I had no idea you had that many companies yeah, yeah. in the book. Is there like, you said there's a one in six ratio of people coming. Is there like a waiting list or? Yeah, we do. We basically catch up once a week, uh, membership committee, and we look through who's, who's sound, right? We got people in that might not be now and again. Um, who's going to bring something to the community, right? Or is someone great at great at design, great at marketing, a CTO, somebody who can deliver value. We look at that. We look at the potential of the business. Have they raised money? Are they generating rent? We have to consider all these things because that's the foundations of this business is who our members are. So we really need to take that seriously. But we'll, we'll have capacity for a thousand startups in the new space that we can't talk about. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about that. It's just the, where it is. But you're living it. I guess that's what's so inspiring is that you're credible to talk to these founders because you've, you've got it tattooed on your arm there. You know, there's like a level of like commitment and living the dream. Where's your able one? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I like to have it in a discreet location. <laughs> <laughs> well, we glossed over slightly that you had an enormous YouTube and Instagram and interviewing founders. Are you still doing that? I mean, obviously interviewing we're, us right now. We're going to... We're going to... Big day for Graham today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to... Um, there's something in the works. We're going to bring it back. Dream... Well, not that, but um, Dream Factory is going to do something pretty big in the, in the new building, which we can't talk about. But we're going to do something huge. Um, this is I, you getting an invite for season two, Graham. To come yeah, back yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I'm lining up. Uh, <laughs> do you, I mean, do you miss interviewing the founders and stuff? I mean, because I, I love it, but I imagine once you've done as many as you've done over seven years, seven, however many years it was. I, I do it anyway, right? I, I, if it, it gets, right, basically, when Dream Factory launched, I was doing, you know, 10, 12, 14 tours a day. 
meeting a new founder, talking about their business, what's the growth plans? I'm interviewing them anyway, there's just no cameras, right? Um, it's not an interview, it's a conversation. Um, and I can spin up as much of that as I like. If I feel like I need to do it, and I feel like doing it, I can come down and do some tours. If not, I don't. Um, it's not the, I, I, I never did it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm on camera and like just this sort of shit. It was like, I just wanted to meet founders. I guess there's like, the benefit is you can see all these trends. If you've interviewed all those people over that time, like, which what are the growth industries you've made your views on fintech clear but whether it's mentech i or, love fintech don't yeah. <laughs> the applications on fintech obviously. no, no I, 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 <laughs> but you must see certain over, overlapping things i mean we we have a we're developing a kind of tech platform for for, for the, to do with reuse and recycling building materials i wonder if you if there are particular models now which are which are, are are growing and some are kind of fading away as you see this next yeah. generation. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. If someone comes in and they have it, I think physical product businesses probably make up 10, 15% of the members. But if someone comes in for a tour and they have a physical product, it is unusual and strange if someone doesn't have a sustainability angle, which is a great thing. Yeah. Very rare we get a, a company comes in and says, oh, we got this new product that cleans this or does that, and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's probably bad for the environment. It's in the plastic bottle. It's non-recyclable. It's not a thing. People lead with the sustainability angle, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. It's really good. So that's yeah, the biggest one shift, of these right? and half of it, the profits go to something else. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's amazing to see that people are just driving that forward. And then consumers are loving it as well, right? They'll pay more money for a sustainable product. Yeah, so consumers and also like talent. I think it's, you know, doing things that have purpose and a value. It's sort of... Well, embarrassing to work for Coca-Cola. What, what, what else is, we, uh, we interviewed John Hoyle, who's the CEO of uh, Souk, and they take retail units. And the reason they, they're, they're kind of hyperflex retail units, and they've used this platform on Oxford Street to kind of regenerate parts of an old shop that wasn't working. But what's interesting is that they, they've got an idea to expand. And because they have a very interesting group of people that they have, they're thinking of, well, why couldn't this be a co-working? If this is a co-retail space, I guess, for want of a better word, you're 160 people when you grow. I mean, why wouldn't I come and co-work here? And you know, so are you? Do you make? Are you thinking of doing co-working Not spaces a when he's been? Years. No, <laughs> no. Not a million years, because any spec, because any. <laughs> <laughs> because any space, co-working you spaces, can, can, yeah, yeah. spaces can relax. I'm not going to do a co-working space. Um, I have no interest in it. You know, it's it, it, like any any square foot that we have. Yeah. I'm putting a camera in the fucking thing. I, I, you know, it's it's like that's how we deliver value through content. Um, I think you know co-working is great, and if you get a good, I'm a big fan of of tech space. I'm a big fan of Huckletree um, co-working, and then I need the more flexible. Um, flexible options like tally market and things like this right it's great people are going to dip in find their vibe find their tribe and fit in somewhere amazing uh, but it's just not my game but, right? but it's also i'm seeing that the dream factory like you know it's like it's got a very residential vibe to it you know people kind of it's like coming to a nice house party or like a rich yeah. benefactor that's having you around it's, it's got that but the physical space is really important yeah. right you kind of eyeball it you meet you 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 run into someone else that's doing something similar it's quite kind of cl clubby, um, which isn't the same as a co-working, which has a neutrality or an everyman. This is a deeply, per like, it feels like an extension of your personality. It's authentic, it, right? right? And, and I think there's people that may be watching this or listening to this that own co-working spaces that go, actually, content creation for startups. Put some, you know, put a corner of a floor aside and put some cameras yeah, in it. Yeah, you yeah, can do that right. all day long. Go there's to already, the front corner. There's already co-working spaces that, a meeting room that's never used, they put a couch and cameras in it. 
and and you know at a quick glance couching cameras couching cameras same thing same thing but it's not we're the ground up the heart and soul of what we do is content right oh, we had a vc come in here a couple of weeks ago and they're usually fucking banned but they slip through the net and then <laughs> and, the, and then they can then they come in but they go oh we have a we have a po- well we have a uh, we have a podcast booth and and you know our portfolio companies can use i was like oh stan when's the last time someone used it and the two of them looked at each other and one goes oh actually i saw someone using it last week and i go for a phone call or, or, or a podcast. No, it was a phone call, exactly. We're heart and soul content, that's what we do. So when you say content, I don't want to sound like someone's dad or something. Like, what is like, this YouTube? No. <laughs> I've been on the internet, but, but like, you know, content, you say, is it, is it always conversations or is it like, I don't know, I want to say like a magic trick or a sort of an explode or a piece of theater or a drama or a sort of a stunt or something. I, when I think of content and I'm, you know, I'm guilty of the, the Instagram reels as much as anyone. Like, the content's like throwing, like chipping a golf ball into it, well, or whatever. But here, is it mainly intellectual stuff, content, no. or conversation? No. Or is there. It's crazy. Do you wrestle bears in the basement? We had, we had, we had someone here. Do you have last milk week? baths <laughs> and jelly, jelly wrestling? Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want the good stuff. Yeah, we had saw sort of dried jelly in my chest here. We had, uh, we had someone here last week in a, in a, in a head to toe morph suit. Um, that was walking around on the green screen. So it, you, when you when you key it out, you can't see the body. You just see the coat moving. And right, like we pushed the boundaries with this stuff, which which to do that and your else would cost them fifty. We grand. need the green street, the screen. I think that needs. To... Well, we did see a Fast and the Furious. I don't. I can't remember who was in it. The Fast and the Furious clip where someone's in the back seat. That was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we we do that stuff. But we do that stuff as a bit of a. I don't know if anyone's going to go that far and do that stuff. But realistically, the Fast and Furious stuff took me. You know, 15 minutes, the guy's filming it, and then Alvin's a brilliant editor and, and put it together. But it's a show of what we can do. There is no real, we have some limitations, um, obviously, where we are, but any limitations that we have is pretty much gone with oh, this I'm next just space. St- staggered by actually like the cost of it as, as in terms of value. We, we an ar- a high end architectural visualization will cost about five grand for an image. And if you want a moving film, telling a story or something, you might get might cost you 50 grand or, so, or something like that. And then suddenly you're a startup for three grand. You can have this really big presence. Agencies hate us. Well, I was going to say, there will be loads of people listening, well, some people listening to this who, uh, who, who, who aren't doing startups or, or are looking for inspiration. And I just, I just think it's such an obvious place to start, to come in. I already feel pretty fired up yeah, by it. Yeah, and yeah. I want to get in a morph suit and do something on the green <laughs> But I just feel like... Um, you know, the, the, the value is pretty clear. Are you too cheap? No. 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 I mean, if you think a good laptop's two grand, probably these cameras are about 10 grand. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you know, it's not, I never, you know, of course, I, I, people say, you know, at, at 10 grand for a year, this is still a bargain, right? Yeah. And I go, yeah. But you don't get the. You don't get the yeah. super early scrappy. We don't get the, the, like Juno is like a female financial wellness platform. They signed up last December. And at that stage, they were bootstrapping and funding it themselves and had this mission, had this dream. And since then, they've done two rounds of funding, millions and millions of pounds of funding. And they put something really nice up on LinkedIn going, like, wouldn't have done it without Dream Factory because they had that high quality content that made them look like we have our shit together. Look at what we're able to produce. Because that's the thing. It's like you have an instant, if you pick two startups and, and, and doing the exact same thing, with the exact same ambitious founders, and one has access to unlimited content that's high quality and the other doesn't, there's only one winner. There's only one winner. Great, but you've got that kind of catalogue value thing. The longer you go, the more of the content you've been part of creating. So you're building this kind of 
did, did this kind of catalogue, you might not be able to charge for watching it, but actually the credibility it gives you down the line to borrow a lot of money or move into bigger studios or, or grow. I mean, you're building the body of works. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, of course. We'll, we'll eventually, you know, we'll own it. This is it. We will be the ones. We'll be the default, right? You use Slack for your communication and you use Dream Factory for your content. And that's that's the vision. That's is that where, that's, that's the vision? That's where it will be, yeah. It'll just be a natural thing. You know, what, what are we going to use? Well, we're going to use Dream Factory because that's, that's what we do. That's the best value. That's what we do. That's what we love. That's what we like being part of. And that's it. You know, uh, I, I watch a lot of different YouTube channels and as they grow, they kind of invest in their camera equipment. And suddenly these like YouTubers have these crazy camera rigs that can like shoot around. Is there any aspirations to kind of start to upgrade in the kind of the wacky stuff? Oh yeah, yeah you can't sure. say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, Benny has his plans, but the... Um, what we're we talking about, 100 grand robotic arm, <laughs> what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Benny's nodding. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah more. that thing. <laughs> uh, but for sure, in the new space, it's it's you know people come down here and, and they see the size of the space. You're having to go, that many stars to create content out of here. The next space, is 10x this size, more maybe. It's huge. So um, our ambitions are huge, and 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 it matches the ambitions of the members. Right? We're just delivering to them what they need to grow and scale. And my 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 you know I daydream a awful lot, um, and I sit around thinking about stuff. And it's like the companies that are going to shape this economy and the companies are going to employ tens of thousands of people will have started here with our content. So who are the they big, who are the big companies now? You said Juno. Who, who are the other ones that are Yeah, Juno's, Juno's amazing. Um, Ethical Angel's another amazing company. Guardian Angel um, is like the Monzo for um, life insurance. That's going to be absolutely massive, right? Um, so there's companies kicking around in here. We have Moju, the drinks company. They're quite big. But it, but it tends to be, we don't focus on like who's the biggest, who's the most money. It's like who's having, who's having the biggest impact. But... Um, we just want to be part of that journey. And and some won't work, but we give them the best shot. But this is more than content. It's like mentoring. It's, you know, it's like a community where when you're feeling a bit rattled by the stage of your business, there you have 10 other people going through exactly the same thing. I, I see that. Well, I, no, I normally kind of wrap up the episode with uh, what are you doing next? What's the next big thing? How much can you tell about what you're doing next? And what, what does the next six months look like that you can say? We're going to get the keys to the new space soon. Uh, done and dusted, new space, couple of minute walk from here so we can tour people and show them both spaces. Probably in need of a good architect to... Uh... You know, you, but you know what, you, you, this is a, we'll, like a counselling session, but we'll talk about worries, right? I'm worried about, you come in here and you go, the vibe and the energy and street level and Rivington Street and the windows, like you're in a fishbowl, it's amazing and people are having fun and it's this non-intimidating but fun environment. To replicate that at scale is a worry. To replicate that at scale, we need to keep this vibe and energy in a space that's absolutely massive. We need to keep who we really are. So that's a, that's a thing. And that comes from you know, the architecture of the place, the interior design, the lighting. People underestimate how important lighting is and stuff like this. It's, it's, um, it's definitely, it's not without its worries. It's right? that entrance as well and it's the right person. That, you know, it's yeah. quite, it was quite nice coming in here. You got the sense that the people who were saying hello were the people actually doing the work. There was no kind of front of house background it actually felt a bit like walking into the back of a movie set where there's wires yeah. everywhere and you got a sense on the other side there was like a hollywood star or something it was like i was part of the crew i'm sure you'll do that no worries thank you very much no thank you guys i loved it cheers thank you appreciate it